Here's the Smart Retirement Cast brought to you by Smart Retirement Media. Now, here's your hosts, Mike and Matt. Okay, listeners, we're back with another new episode for you of Smart Retirement Podcast. Thanks for being with us today. I hope you're driving safe or exercising. Maybe you're walking your dog. You might even be doing your dishes or cutting the lawn. We're glad to have you here. I'm Mike Points, your co-host with Central Coast Lending, and I'm here with my esteemed colleague, Mr. Matt Hollander. Matt, what's shaking, baby? Oh, it's shaking. The economy's shaking. Everything's just uh, it's shaking. <laughs> This episode is coming to you the week directly after the historical Trump-Biden presidential election race. Um, I had the privilege and the the true pleasure of staying with my buddy here, Matt Hollander, in the state of Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona, Maricopa County, Arizona, on election day and for three days following it. And I got to tell you, that Matt Hollander has no more fingernails left. <laughs> that is probably very true, Mike. He was biting them every day. It was crazy. And speaking of biting, on Saturday, Biden was announced as presumably the next president of the United States of America. There's some back and forth of if that's true or not. So we're not going to get into that too much today, but it's a very, very interesting time. What I will say is, Pretty magical is that the amount of votes that were um, casted um, historically high, never never been more than that, and um, the time in which they counted these votes was pretty remarkable. Pretty remarkable. Um, I thought CNN and both Fox News did a great job of covering the whole thing. It was a full week of news, right, Matt? If you call it news, yeah, I mean, it was just every day something else and took it, it felt like it took, took an eternity. But I think everyone had to realize exactly your point. I mean, there was a lot of people went out and vote. I mean, it was pretty, pretty like amazing to see that many people out there voting and trying to yeah. make sure their voice was heard for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. More of like a statistical dashboard. I guess it wasn't a lot of news. Yeah. Um, but, you know, here we are. And what we're going to do today on the show is we're, we're not going to have our uh, too long of a show. We're going to do a little bit of a of a, a touch on the quarter three GDP gross domestic product numbers. Those came out just five days before the election. So I kind of feel like they got brushed under the rug with the whole hubbub of election noise, whether it was your local politicians, propositions, or just the presidential election. Um, gross domestic product in quarter three was phenomenal. We'll touch on a couple things that we think are going to happen now that we're in the lame duck period, as they say, um, with stimulus and how to prepare for next year with what could be, well, excuse me, what will be the end of, you know, mortgage relief come December 31st, what will be the end of eviction relief come December 31st, and what will become the end of student loan forbearance relief. Um, So we'll kind of hit on how that liquidity is going to potentially affect the marketplace. Should be a short but exciting show, good content. But um, before we get into the uh, rah-rah of the economy, um, I wanted to just thank you, Matt, for having me in Scottsdale and showing me such a great time. Um, I got to go to Top Golf for one of the first times ever, and that's an amazing place. Yeah, it's like um, it's like playing darts with golf balls. It was actually quite fun. So 
yeah definitely uh definitely enjoyed having you out here it uh it was nice to kind of get away put our plans together for you know our listeners here for 2021 and the exciting things that we're going to be doing with this show um looking forward to you know we're going to start having some more guests on here um maybe start getting mike and i featured on some other podcasts that we can refer you all over to to start listening to as well so uh Mm -hmm. some big things happening on that front but uh mike as we get into the show here why don't you just kick us off um you said gdp last uh for this last quarter three was uh fantastic you have those uh those statistics up just so we can share those with the listeners yeah i do um i'm looking at currently i'm trying to scroll through this ad that's trying to make me buy something on the article. Uh, <laughs> so in obviously in quarter two, the economy just took a, a complete dump. It was the worst the economy's ever done in one quarter, um, a negative 31.4% GDP. Um, listeners, gross domestic products, what we're referring to, you may or may not know about that. There's, it's a combination of goods and services. Um, in quarter three, we really saw well, let's just backtrack a little bit. The nation declared this a pandemic on March 11th of this year. So really, you know, Q1 was done. Q1 is typically a less, uh, a lesser productive or, you know, there's lower productivity in Q1. Typically it's weather. People have, you know, they're getting over the Christmas hangover a little bit on what they spent over the holidays and many, many businesses are just kind of ramping up on their production. So Q2 is really where we start to see the plan and the execution of businesses come out and perform. So Q for Q2 to be at minus 31, although it's been the, the worst we've ever had historically, it was also just devastating from a standpoint of, you know, money going through the economy. Well, we bounced back in Q3 and we bounced back something fierce. I mean, it's been greater than the largest quarter performance we've ever had was the first quarter after World War II had ended. So 1950, sure. 1950, and that was 16.7% boost in one quarter. So, um, you know, terrific. I, I think a good quarter is really anywhere between 2 and 5%. So 16.7 was phenomenal. We did 33.1% in Q3 of last year. Um, A lot of that has to do with all the stuff we're going to talk about in the show, which is the forbearances and the relief and the stimulus of money. It's, It's a pure economic chart. You know, when all this extra money is laying around in any capitalist system, those funds typically don't just get saved. I mean, I think there were a certain percentage of people that said, okay, we better set us a, a couple things aside because this feels different than it ever has been. This is a, this is a very weird year. If, if you're shaking your head up and down, you know what I'm talking about. And, but still with no mortgage payment in a household because they're on forbearance with no student loan payments, some of the student loans I see when I pull credit matter, 800, 900, $1,200 a month in payments. Sure. And they go from making those payments to not making those payments. So things like, you know, car dealerships were making deals happen. Three months, no payment, um, new car. Um, you know, as you could, as you could, you would support your local restaurant. Things like DoorDash got huge amounts of, of revenue. 
Home Depot, Lowe's, and like we call it Ace Miners here, but like your your mom and pop hardware store, just money falling out of their po- pockets, profitable, crazy. Sure. I I I've, I I went to Home Depot four times last quarter to do four <laughs> different projects, and every time I was there, um, sure, you know, in California they do a I think they do a good job of managing capacity, so it felt like there was a long line, but when you got in. All types of people buying lumber, flooring, painting, electricity, anything you talk about, new plants. So that money didn't just sit in a bank account waiting for the other shoe to drop. It went back into the economy. The question is now, though, you know, now that the stimulus purse is dry, the first stimulus, and the Democrats and Republicans are... I don't want to use the word cordially debating, but you know, <laughs> negotiating over how the next stimulus is going to work out. We're stuck in a in this lame duck period where I don't see any really any real work getting done, Matt. I, well, let me say, let me take that back. I, that could be offensive, especially if someone has a, a politician or congressman and or house representative in their family. There's real work being done, but I don't see any of it rolling out to touching the American people's wallets until January or February of next year. Yeah. And even with that, depending on, you know, I know we've got some really tight races still going in the Senate. So it's, I don't know if it's really, you know, you can call it going to be a Republican controlled Senate or not. Um, We might not even know that until, you know, into next year. uh, Right. Georgia's election has to happen in January. Yeah. So I think there's a lot riding on that. And it's not that they're not going to get anything done. It's just, Unfortunately, we've got, you know, these two different parties at this point that really have different agendas in the way they want to handle business going forward in this country. And I think that's going to be a lot of, you know, going forward, what what's going to happen, right? I mean, if we've got a, a Republican-led uh, majority in the Senate, uh, they're going to be very easily able to kind of filibuster anything that, you know, the Democratic side wants to accomplish on their side. So right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, that's not what this show's about. Um, but you know, just bringing you some ideas of what next year might look like, I think is going to be important in today's show, you know, assuming that, um, everything stays the way that it is now, Biden is as at this point in time, uh, you know, our president going forward for uh, 2021. So I think Mm -hmm. let's do this. Um, I've got some topics I really would love to discuss today with you, Mike, but let's go ahead and take a quick break from and get a word from our sponsors. And Mm -hmm. we, when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll dive into some of the tips and tricks and some of the things that we think we're going to see next year in 2021. How's that sound, Mike? Let's do that. Sounds like a plan. Listeners, we'll be right back after this short break. Honestly, when was the last time you really took a hard look at your retirement plan? With the way the market's been, it's easy to become complacent. A new decade is upon us, which comes with a lot of questions. Can the economy and market continue to grow? What will the next election do to my investments? How can I best maneuver to maximize return? The answer, it's simple. Get a second opinion from a team like Century Financial Consultants. With over 40 years of financial planning experience, give Century Financial Consultants a call today at 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, NMLS number 328358. 
Mike Points is a licensed loan officer in California, NMLS number 1246224, and is only licensed to offer advice on mortgage products. He is not licensed as an investment advisor. All of the mortgage products Mike Points will discuss on this show are for educational purposes, and these products should be reviewed by a licensed loan officer before taking these mortgages on as your own, as they may not fit your specific situation or needs. Okay, listeners, in the first portion of the show, we were warming you up on what happened in Q3 for the, the gross domestic product, the GDP, and we referred to, um, gosh, how terrible quarter two was. And then out of that, you know, came the stimulus and the stimulus package. The CARES Act allowed for um, the Treasury Department to send out extra unemployment dollars to households, those who were on unemployment. They, they got in touch with major banks, all banks really, and had uh, allowed for the homeowner to have mortgage forbearance, even tenants, um, people that were in leases with landlords who may or may not have been having payments to mortgages, but certainly property taxes were allowed to not make their rent payments. But that's all coming to an end. And, you know, um, the politicians in Washington have been going back and forth and back and forth on why the stimulus needs to continue. And so um, we took a little bit of a timeout because we had an election last week. And now we're starting to think, okay, the dust has settled for the most part from the election. There's a little bit of aftermath, but how are we going to keep this train going down the track? Right, Matt? Because there's not enough coal, one quarter of phenomenal growth. What did I say? 33.1% production, uh, uh, pro, excuse me, a positive um, GDP is not enough because all that does is get us basically back to minus three and a half percent from right. we, from how badly we did. Um, and if you're thinking in your head, wait, I thought we were down less and up more. I won't, I won't bore you with the details, but when you do, when you go down like that, 33% of a, of a smaller number, it's not the same as 31% of a larger number, but we are, we're, in the red, I assure you, for the year. So how are we going to stay positive? How, you know, if the money's out, if grandma's no longer passing out $20 bills for us to go to the candy store, how are we going to get candy, Matt? Right. Well, I, I think it's all going to come down to what happens maybe with this new stimulus package that has been a long debated topic probably for the last, I don't know, month or so. Um, you know, and, and I think again, as we discussed earlier, it's really going to come down to what's going to happen in this tightly contested Senate race. Uh, you know, the democratic party, uh, or I should say the democratic house, you know, they passed a $2.2 trillion stimulus package, uh, a bit ago, but you know, the Senate filibustered it and basically said, no, I want to come back with $500 billion. So what does this look like now with a, Democratic president, possibly Republican-led Senate, and a Democratic House. Well, I think we're going to probably see a little bit more of the same. I think the Republican Senate, if that's the way that it does go, um, is going to have to start working a little bit closer with the other two. Um, And if that's the case, I mean, a lot of reports, there was a uh, 
one of Moody's analytics guys was looking at this and kind of made a, a pretty good report that USA Today covered a few days ago um, and how they were talking about how they thought that, you know, as far as the stimulus is concerned, we're probably going to see about a $1.5 trillion stimulus. So definitely a little bit less than what they were originally thinking, um, you know, but I, I think in the long run for these lower income and middle income families, uh, you know, they should be able to see some type of relief here going into next year. Uh, but keep in mind, I mean, nothing's going to be sent out until next year. It's not going to happen happen under this administration, I don't think. Um, you well, know, we're not sure of that. We're not sure of that. But what we do know is that there's a lot of debate still over where these funds are going to go, how soon they're going to be released. Sure. So if you've ever dealt with, um, if you've ever been in a business or been at a at the upper level of a business making management decisions, it can easily take three months for a decision that has been made to actually roll out into dollars being released. Sure. And we've also seen it happen in a matter of weeks, you know, with these last uh, stimulus packages. So, you know, some of the states were able to, to jump on that and get money out into the individual's hands very quickly. So I think there's a lot kind of on that. We really don't know yet where that's going to go. Um, I think that'll be something, Mike, you and I can touch on more as we get into next year. Um, but, you know, we can kind of look at the, the, the longer term picture. You know, the stimulus stuff is going to be... Um, you know, relief now, whereas how do we get the country back on track after this pandemic? And what does that kind of look like? Um, so, you know, where is, and Mike, I've seen, I'm sure you've looked into a lot of this as well, but, you know, how are we going to get jobs back, right? Um, how are we going to, um, uh, you know, reduce that unemployment number that's lingering out there? Um, and, and what does a you know, Biden administration look like as far as spending in this economy, right? We, we've got a huge national debt and the past two stimulus have not really helped that, right? So how does it all get paid back, right, Mike? So, yeah, you know. <laughs> there's only, I mean, and here's the other thing too, if you think about it. So getting it paid back, there's many different ways that can happen. Uh, I think the average individual just reverts to, oh, they're going to raise taxes. Um, I, I, I can guarantee you that taxes are going to be raised in some way, shape, or form. The question is going to be over what period of time are they going to try to actually get us back on track? How fast will they try to have us, uh, you know, the United States recover from this? The United States just, I mean, if you recall in, 20, in 2008, 9, 10, 11, and not until 12, felt the great recession sure. you know, that was mainly caused by my industry. You know, the mortgage industry uh, led us into that. But then from that, we had regulatory actions, you know, Dodd-Frank was made. And then slowly but surely over time, you know, these uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were able to come out of, uh, pull the, the nose up, get over the mountain range and are very, very profitable today. In fact, so profitable that now the government is taking back uh, funds from them in the form of a fee on refinances. So it's an interesting it's an interesting discussion with regards to the pandemic, because it's all about how fast are we going to try to get these jobs back into place? Sure. Who's going to be offering them? So 
Um, you know, well, I, I think one of the goods that can come out of this, Mike, is, you know, we've talked in the past about Social Security on the show quite a bit. You know, we've got a lot of retirees here with us. Um, and with that, you know, a lot of retirees, I shouldn't say a lot, but some, you know, rely on that Social Security check every month. And, you know, with the discussions of Social Security going broke, you know, I, I can recall some shows we did, you know, if things didn't change, you know, we were on a 10 to 15 year, basically. Yeah. So just running out of Social Security. Bye bye. You know, no more. So, you know, they're talking about under Biden administration, um, you know, subjecting incomes over the 400,000 to a 12.4 percent Social Security tax, essentially. Um, which should help inject that social security system with more money. Now, that is if it doesn't get borrowed for other things, but you know, it might be a, uh, a good thing to look at, you know, even for your generation, Mike, maybe even mine, that social security may be able to stand up and withhold, uh, you know, the pressures of the demand of how many people are utilizing it these days. Right. Um, so that's, I think one, Maybe saving grace uh, when we're looking at the taxes going up, some you know that being something that kind of would benefit our retirees, if you will, right? Yeah, I think if I could chime in too here on an sure. area where I have some good expertise is you know Jerome Powell is the chairman of the Federal Reserve for our our nation, and you know he's staying he's coming out boldly saying I'm not worried about inflation right now. Um, you know, I don't want to raise rates. We're going to keep rates low for the foreseeable future. I'm sure. going to entice inflation is basically what he's saying. I'm going to force this savings, uh, excuse me, these, these lower rates to, to stimulate in their, in his own way. Right. I mean, he doesn't have the power to turn off mortgage payments. He doesn't have the power to write checks from the treasury, but he and his constituents do have the power to, keep the interest rates as low as possible. And in doing that, he doesn't see a big inflation risk on durable goods, but I'll tell you where inflation is right now. And this is what I meant when I said, I want to chime in on my area of expertise. Yeah. The asset inflation is, is working in our retirees favor. So what does that sentence mean? The average home coastal property. So East coast, West coast, I've seen go up eight, 0.3% this year in value since 2012 has not lost money since 2012. So we're on an eight year run of equity on top of equity in the real estate market. Listeners, we've talked about this in many different episodes. This is a great time to access some of the equity in your real estate, whether it be a rental or a primary residence or a vacation home, restructure your debt, access some of the equity, turn it into liquidity. If you want to take cash out, one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm a big proponent of is just having an equity line or having access to that equity because when, or if the new administration has to start implementing higher taxes or fees or things that will get the economy, the funds back that it used to stimulate us during this terrible time, you now have a decision to access funds that will not be treated like income that will be yours to use based on an interest rate that's provided not a large tax burden or you have to figure out a way to offset a tax with some other 
brilliant tax code that we get to use. So I think it's, a, it's important. I mean, so many of our shows end with us coming to this conclusion, but you know, liquidity is such a huge thing in retirement. And I want you to access it now because I'm not saying the low rates are going away, but I can tell you right now from what I'm seeing on the mortgage-backed securities market that there is a lot of volatility. There has been for the last 10 days. And I'm not saying that rates are going to go lower. I'm not going to say that they're going to go higher, but whatever they're going to do next, they're going to do in a large jump. So don't waste time and be the person that says, oh, I was waiting till the holiday season to get that refinance done or um, to sit down with Mike and talk about my mortgage. Let's just do it now. Um, listeners, you can contact me by dialing 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-R-E-T-I-R-E. And uh, I know that sounds like a lot of digits, but it will still call me. Option two is Mike, and option one is Matt. If you want to talk about your tax planning or ways to take the profits off the table from the last couple of years. I mean, today the stock market went to an all time high. Yep. Four months ago we were saying, Hey guys, you know, tough break this year. Um, but do you want to, maybe you were waiting to get some of the gains back that you lost. You're there. So if you want to take some of that stuff off the table and plan out a bit more of a streamlined path, for 2021 great time to chat with matt matt's got time after he gets back from his vacation yes yes (laughs) not today looking forward to that yeah Yeah. maybe tomorrow uh we'll be traveling for about a week and a half so um listeners i do want to remind you of this i mean just going into the next administration yes we're going to be talking to each other before the end of the year but i don't want to stay on this kind of political thing because i know we're all hearing about it every day so next show i want to kind of get into uh, a little bit more of just kind of family planning. Getting, we're going to be coming right into Thanksgiving, uh, being able to have that opportunity to discuss some important topics with your loved ones uh, as we approach the holidays. But before we do that, I mean, let, let's let's talk about taxes for a second, Mike. You brought up a really good point. So under the Trump administration, there was some uh, extraordinary tax reductions brought to individuals, which may or may not go away during the Biden administration. Now. What I can say is the year's not over yet, and while the tax rates are low, we can still roll over some of that traditional IRA or 401k money into a Roth environment to where we can get it out of a taxed environment for when you or your next generation access those funds. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine we can do that for this year. And even if the new administration creates some new tax law, it probably wouldn't roll out until the 2022 tax year, which means we'll probably have next year to be able to do some planning there as well. So make sure to utilize that time and uh, have a conversation with myself, have a conversation with Mike, see if we might be able to take advantage of some of these tax advantages that we have this year and possibly even next year. So one thing I want to add really quick too, Matt, um, we're happy. We do it all the time. I do it all the time. Happy to speak with you and your accountant. Absolutely. on On a conference call. I think it, we don't believe... Uh, shoot me, let me say this another way. We believe that a team environment is the best for you. So we want to meet your estate attorney. We want to meet your CPA. He or her needs to be able to talk through what we deal with as guidelines and bounce off with them what is going to be acceptable with regards to how it gets filed, how it gets done, all those things. It's really the right way to do it. It's not your responsibility as an individual taxpayer and a smart consumer 
to just know all this stuff, but it is your, it is your responsibility to build the right team around you. Yep. I think that's it for today, Matt. Well, I am going to go officially check into vacation mode and uh, I look forward to speaking with you, Mike, and all of our fantastic smart retirees when I come back and I'm fully rested from a much needed little vacation. So good for you. um, Smart retirees, let's go out and make the rest of our lives the best of our lives. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or construed as providing specific investment advice. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. California license number 0175638 and MLS number 1246224.